Anyway, uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and get our hearts prepared for the message as well. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can be here today and and celebrate and and worship you. And Lord, we just thank you that your word um, just comes alive and it's a part of each one of our lives. And Lord, right now I just lift up the the Reedy family to you and, and you know all that they're going through. But Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the time that we had with Frank and get to know him and, and just the joy and really the excitement he brought to each one's life. But Lord, we just pray for the family right now and we just pray that you'll just hold them tight and, and Lord, that we can just draw together as a, as, a, as a group of believers and a family of believers, that we can just comfort and, and uh, laugh together and cry together. And Lord, along with that, we just uh, pray that our hearts are open for what you have for us today, and, and we just thank you so much for your goodness and mercy and, and your saving grace. And this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we kind of started a series on uh, there's more, there has to be more. So we talked about there has to be more to life. Today, it's got to be, there's got to be more to see. So last week, we talked a little bit about how we get up. And we eat breakfast, and we head to work, and we work all day, and then we go home and probably eat supper, watch a little TV, and we go to bed. And then we repeat that. Like I mentioned, some might have a few less steps, some might have a few more steps on that. But it gets us all asking that question, is there more to life than just getting up, eating breakfast, going to work, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, every day? And it's, it's really not just unbelievers, it's everybody in the world asks that question. People who know Christ sometimes ask that question. And we talked about last week, John 10.10, 10, where Jesus says, I have come that they may have life, and they might have it more abundantly. And so, God says there is more. There's an abundant life. And if we don't see it, or even more so, if we're not living that abundant life, something is missing in our lives. So last week we talked about how we can miss that more to life sometimes by sticking to our routines and not listening to the call of God in our life. So we talked about routines. Now how many of you broke your routine this week? How many are sitting in a different spot than they did last week? Wow. We can almost close in prayer after that one. (laughs) With the emphasis on almost. But, you, you know, it's so easy to do the same things over and over. But God interrupts our life of routine. And sometimes He calls us to do certain things. And if we're not open to what He has for us, we're going to miss those. So today we're going to talk about the second way that we can miss the more of life. And it has to be by not seeing things clearly. I don't know if you've ever had issues with seeing. Or it's time, you ever made the statement, it's time to go to the eye doctor? I remember years ago, I finally got to the point where I was doing, had reading glasses. And so I would have those, you know, do that thing. And then pretty soon, I kept going back farther and farther, and finally my wife goes, it's time to go to the eye doctor. 
And she was right. But I didn't want to. God calls us sometimes to break out of our routines. But if you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 8, and I'm going to read quite a bit of Scripture to you today, because they always told us in seminary, if you don't know what to say, at least quote Scripture, because then you're doing something good. So, I'm going to be reading it out of the NIV, I believe, and uh, it'll probably be on the screen. But Mark chapter 8, and I'm going to read the first 21 verses. So if you don't have your Bibles, think of it as an audio book right now, okay? So here it goes. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present, and having sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dominutha. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketful of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Kind of an interesting passage of Scripture here. And a little background information, this is the second time that Jesus feeds a great multitude of people. The first time, and he mentions it in the Scripture, he fed 5,000 people with what? Nobody wants to say five loaves, two fishes, or five fish and two loaves, or <sighs> wasn't much food, okay? It was five loaves and two fish. And we're told that on that occasion, after everyone had finished eating all that they wanted to eat, there were 12 basketfuls of, of bread and, and fish left over. Well, a little time has passed, and, and Jesus and his disciples find themselves in the same situation. This time, the people have not eaten. It's kind of scary when it talks about. 
They've been with them three days. Can you imagine that here? Three days? We'd all be at the food truck, you know, getting that stuff. So they haven't eaten. There's about 4,000 men here. There's seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And in verse 8, it wants us to know that after they finished eating, there were seven basketfuls of bread and a few fish left on that occasion. It's kind of interesting the number of loaves and, and bread and fish used. And I think it becomes an important element of the story later on. But as we go on, if we look at the first thing I want to share with you about this topic today, is life wants you to, life wants you to uh, walk blindly to spiritual things. But God wants you to see clearly spiritual things. Look at verse 11 of Mark 8. It says, The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test Him, they asked Him for a sign from heaven. Think about that for a moment. All that the disciples have seen from Jesus at this point. But think about it this way. Say somebody came to Big Kersey Town, okay? And they began to heal demon-possessed people. Maybe they caused a mute to be able to talk again. They healed people who were deaf and now they were able to, 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 to hear They help people see that we're blind? What would happen? Then they would feed all the people in town with with little or nothing. Probably people from all over would start coming to Big K-Town, right? People from Denver and Cheyenne and all over, probably all over the country because they'd hear this news of what's going on here with all these miracles taking place. The people would want to know about who this person is that's doing this. Well, Jesus was doing those things. He was healing people. He was feeding people. He's doing all this stuff. And here are the Pharisees coming up to Jesus And in verse 11, they're saying, can you give us some kind of sign from heaven that you're from God? I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, think about all they saw. You have to ask yourself the question, are they blind to all that Jesus has already done? And to answer that question, if you go to 2 Corinthians 4.4, the answer is yes. He says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So the truth of the matter is, is this world wants to keep people blind to spiritual things. And by keeping us blind... It keeps us from getting more out of life. The abundant life that Jesus talked about. Because you cannot tell me the person who has all that the world has to offer but doesn't have Jesus living in them, you can't tell me that they have a more abundant life than we do. 
They may have all the things that the world says they should have. They might have a lot more things than any of us ever have. But we have an inner peace that they don't have. Inner peace is worth more than anything materially. So the world is never going to satisfy. Christ is the only one that's going to satisfy. John D. Rockefeller. How many know him? Not personally? Oh, okay. It's going to have him maybe uh, help with the building program, but anyway. He was one of the richest men in the world at his time. And when he was asked the question, when is enough money enough? The answer that he said is when I get one more dollar than I have now. In other words, this world is never going to satisfy. So if you want more out of life, you cannot be blinded by spiritual things. And that only comes about by asking Christ into your life and allowing Him to take the blinders off so that you can see things clearly. Which brings us up to the second thing. God wants you to see clearly the spiritual things. The problem is we generally settle for a spiritual fog. Look at verse 14. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. If you jog down to verse 16, it says, They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? You ever been in fog? Or think about summertime. It gets really hot. You get your car all nice and cold with the air conditioning, and then you go out into the hot and your glasses steam up. Or you're out shoveling snow. Go inside and your glasses all fog up. Does that happen to anybody? Phew, I thought it was just me, but anyway. The disciples had seen Jesus feed the 5,000. They had seen Jesus feed the 4,000. Both times they saw it with their own eyes. They realized that he only had a few loaves of bread and some fish. They had been there and collected all of the basketfuls left over. In this passage today, now they're worried sick because they forgot to bring bread and they only have one loaf to feed 13 if you include Jesus. Thirteen people total. They just saw all of these miracles. And they're thinking, wow, we only got one loaf between us. They have to be in some kind of spiritual fog because the one who multiplied the few loaves and the few fish and they had all this food left over is in the boat with them. I mean, think about that. Taking one loaf and distributing among 13 people would be like no big deal for Jesus. They saw him do it with 5,000 people and 4,000 people. 
but they couldn't get that together. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of Christian people who can't put some of this stuff together either. They see God do something in someone else's life, but they don't think God's going to work in their life. You can never have the more of the Christian life, you can never have the abundant life that Jesus talks about when you walk around in a spiritual fog. Which brings us up to the third point. You should not be satisfied walking in a spiritual fog. You should not settle for anything less than spiritual clarity. Let me read a few more verses to you. Let's start with verse 22 of Mark 8. It says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Now think about that miracle for just a moment. First off, have you ever had anyone spit in your eye? Um, but this Jesus does this miracle connected with the feeding of the 4,000. He's got the disciples on the boat with their one loaf of bread. you got this man in this miracle, and I think he starts out just like the Pharisees. He's blind. This man is a blind man. Can't see anything. Just like the Pharisees were. So then Jesus spits on his eyes. I'm just getting you ready for lunch. He touches him. And the man could see, it says, he could see people that look like trees. At this point, the man's in a spiritual fog. Just like the disciples. He starts off blind like the Pharisees. Then he starts off in a spiritual, then he gets into a spiritual fog like the disciples. But Jesus doesn't leave him in that condition. Jesus wants the man to see clearly. And so Jesus puts his hands on the man's eyes. And what happens? The man sees. He sees everything clearly. Jesus desires that each one of us see clearly. And that's why He wants us to rely on His Word. He wants us to see clearly, so that's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. Jesus allows us to talk with Him so that we can see clearly. So He's calling us all out of a spiritual fog. And He's calling us into a relationship with Him where we see clearly what He is doing in our lives. We see clearly what He's doing in the world around us. And when you see that, you're going to see that you're living an abundant life that Jesus offers. So when you see things happening, 
And you see, wow, that's a work of God. God's just really working on that person's life. Realize He's working on everybody's life if we're willing to let Him in. God's got some tremendous things for each one of us. Starts off by breaking us out of that routine so that we can hear what He wants us to do. And then He wants to take the blinders off so we can really see what God is doing in our lives. So I trust that, first of all, you have a relationship with Christ. Because if you don't have a relationship with Him, you're, going to, you're just going to stay blinded. But maybe some are walking around saying, I really want to do what God wants to do. I just don't really see what's happening. I'd say dig into His Word. Pray like you've never prayed before. I wish it happened overnight. And for some people, it probably does. But a lot of times, it's a process. God gives us a little bit to be faithful for. We take that step. He gives us another step forward to take. So being obedient, being obedient to what God wants is an important thing. So, when we go out of here today, we broke our routines, we're listening for the call of God in our lives, and we're walking clearly. Now that also means you drive clearly, so watch out when you drive, okay? God loves each one of us so much, and I trust that you can grasp a hold of that abundant life that He wants us to live each day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning and and just the tremendous care that You have for each one of us. And so, Lord, I just pray that each of us can take a step of faith and we can just follow You like we've never followed before. And, Lord, that we can just live that abundant life that You've offered to us. And, Lord, again, I thank You so much that we can be here this morning for encouragement, comfort, and that we can just be in fellowship with one another. And so, Lord, I also, again, just lift up the Reedy family to You and just pray that You give them strength. And, Lord, I thank You that we can all love each other, but it's all because of Your incredible love for us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.